Hi, welcome to Interviews Podcast. I am passionate about business. I used to run businesses for others before launching my own. And I have always asked myself one key question. What is the secret recipe to properly structure and successfully run a business? So I am on a quest to find out through insightful conversations with entrepreneurs all around the world. Follow me on my journey to crack the entrepreneurship code. Interviews is sponsored by Bertoli Digital, a Wix website agency built for startups, individuals and SMEs. Bertoli Digital is also Finland's first certified Wix expert and Wix partner agency. 1% of all the agency's project revenue go to Global Footprint Network to help change how the world manages its natural resources and respond to climate change. If you want to know more, www.bertolidigital.com or contact at bertolidigital.com. This is Interviews. Today I am with uh, Tom Hammond, co-founder and CEO of Theorem Reached, based in Madison, USA. Hello, Tom. Thank you very much for joining me. I know over there it's uh, very early in the morning. <laughs> I like to get up and get at them. Good, good. So please tell us a little bit about your journey, yourself and your business. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I think at my heart, I've always been an entrepreneur or I've always had the sickness as one of my partners calls it, where, you know, I, I see something and I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. But what if we change this or Um, you know, what if you change this one little thing and then, you know, numbers and things naturally flow. So I've always kind of had that, you know, desire to change and to make things better. And so uh, eventually that kind of led to a few kind of failed company ideas more than uh, anything. It was, you know, I, I remember one of my first ideas was uh, actually the company that would go on to become Uber Freight. Um, with like a, a trucking app where I was, you know, in the car driving and uh, I saw a semi truck driving beside us. And I was like, you know, that's interesting. So I started learning a little bit more about semi trucks and how they operate and stuff. And, uh, you know, the company completely failed because company, the truckers just thought we were trying to scam them and stuff. But I was like, no, like if you let us use data, we can find ways that you can get from point A to point B and pick up all these loads and save a lot of money. But, Uh, neither, neither here or there. So it, eventually, um, one of those ideas led to Theorem Reach. About um, six years ago, uh, there was an app that came out that would show you an ad on your screen. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. What if we changed it and like asked you a question? You know, you could probably get more money as the user and get more information as, uh, you know, a researcher and stuff. And so that got me learning more about uh, market research and the needs and stuff that were out there. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, I was playing more Clash of Clans than I would maybe like to admit at the time. Um, luckily, I've, I've saved my addition, addiction. So in Clash of Clans, I was one of the players that just refused to spend money. I was like, this is too expensive. You know, I'm not going to spend all this time and money and stuff. But I was like, no, you're really great. I really want this content so I can get my fifth builder. 
um, why can't I just like do something like take surveys and get those for free? And then the light bulb kind of came on. I was like, well, why don't we partner with you know mobile apps and games to let their users get virtual currencies by taking these surveys? And that's kind of how Theorem Reach was born. And uh, initially I found, uh, or I'd met my one founder, Garrick, on a Stanford entrepreneurship class. Um, and so that's kind of how we got started on Theorem Reach. Um, struggled a little bit to find a technical co-founder. Um, so one of our advisors at the time was like, well, why don't you just, you know, teach yourself how to code, build it yourself, you'll learn a lot. And I was like, well, that's great because, you know, the one thing that I can control in my life is me. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, dove in and uh, learned a lot of different languages, built it all from scratch. And uh, I don't know, a year or so later, I finally brought in um, my current CTO, who was uh, kind of exploring that previous product with me, uh, with the trucking app. Um, but he'd like started a new thing right at the time that I was starting Theorem Reach and was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to see this thing out. But eventually I got him on board. You know, I live, I live in Finland and there's a lot of uh, startup here, especially, especially in the game industry. But across, across the world, there's, there's a lot of interest for entrepreneurship, for building startup in the tech industry, especially. I guess now your business is at the stage where it's not a startup anymore. Uh, what would you say were the triggers to change your business from a startup to something else? Yeah, you know, that's actually a conversation that we kind of have at our company uh, fairly often. I don't know, at our core, I really do think we all view ourselves still as a startup. Okay. Um, even though, you know, quote unquote, we have made it, um, I, I think we do still view ourselves as a startup. And I think part of that goes into the fact that we're always trying to uh, push the boundaries and we're always trying to launch new products like um, we're in the process of launching a, a new kind of platform that is very much at its core a complete startup where we have zero revenue and zero customers and you know it'll be tangentially related to theorem reach and um, that can kind of scale together and stuff but um, at its core it's very much a like a brand new startup within a company kind of a thing so we still definitely have that culture but, you know, at the same time, you do have to reflect back and be like, wow, you know, we are legitimately here. I don't know that we're to the point where we'd say we're a large business, um, but we are becoming a small established business and becoming a pretty dominant force within the market research industry, too. Mm. And so what has changed since the beginning, since you started? Yeah, so we did take a little bit of a non-traditional approach um, where we kind of had interest from a number of investors but we ended up kind of bootstrapping it and I think part of it had to do with the fact that there was a bit of a learning curve for me to teach myself how to code and to build everything out you know initially and stuff so I actually did that while working full-time at another company so kind of bootstrapping it and you know again I was kind of talking to some advisors that were very useful and they kind of said it takes a lot of time and effort to go and actually raise money in fact, it's basically a full-time gig. So rather than suddenly shift into doing that, because you don't know if you're good at that, why don't you stay at your current job and view that job as if you're raising money? Use that to fuel building the company because it'd basically be the same, you know, if you were 
full time on Theorem Reach, 40 hours on investing, and then your other 40 hours on, you know, building the product and stuff. And so I kind of took that to heart. So that was interesting. But it's also allowed us to retain, you know, full ownership of the company and stuff to be able to set the direction. I want to go back to your, uh, you know, you being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You, may, you mentioned that, you know, it was in your blood. What is it like to be an entrepreneur? It's got its ups and downs, but I completely mm-hmm. love it. You know, I think being able to think up things and build them and see your visions and stuff actually uh, become clear is really fulfilling and really crazy and really fun. Um, but, you know, there are days where, you know, you just got to work and there's stuff that is not fun to deal with and it's uh, scary and I don't know. I would say it's definitely not for everyone, but for the few that have that vision and imagination to be able to build, you know, amazing things, I think it can be super fulfilling. What are you good at? I think with Theorem Reach, we got really lucky with our our team, if nothing else. I think, so like my partner, Garrick, who, you know, like I said, we mentioned, we met on the Stanford entrepreneurship class. He is amazing at operational things and managing people and different things like that. Um, And those are things that I can kind of do, um, but I don't say that I would do them well. Um, On the flip side, you know, he's very much about those like day-to-day things. And I'm very much about that long-term vision, like what can be, or what could we create or what can we do? And then I can kind of see those, like all the steps to like get to those different things and do those different pieces. And so I think just kind of blending together, I've actually read about it. It kind of comes back to the, you know, almost like a Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, you know, you see those oftentimes um, kind of the the dual pair because one side is good at keeping money in the bank so that you can keep going, which is super important. And the other side is how do we see the future and get to there, which is also equally important. And so kind of just coming together um, is something that we got lucky with, I think, because I don't know if you can plan for that. And maybe, you know, at some level, you can kind of grow into those roles, but I, I think it just has to do with your natural talents and abilities. Um, I think there was a book that I read called Traction that uh, does have a good kind of quiz to figure out like, who are you more like? Where are you going to fall into the the roles there? And some people are probably super talented, can be both of them, but I think those are pretty few and far between. If I was asking your staff to describe your style, what would they say? That's a good question. Um, I would say they probably would say I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about the vision and the why um, at Theorem Reach. Simon Sinek is actually probably one of the books that I recommend everyone read. I remember for a few years, I want to say like we felt a little bit listless at Theorem Reach, but we just were kind of building it without like a clear goal and vision. And eventually I read that book along with a few others and we realized that we had a vision that we had been working towards, um, but it wasn't really crystallized and it wasn't really communicated to everyone. And so once we clearly laid out that, you know, our goal at Theorem Reach is to give every user a voice and to make that voice matter, um, it just became, you know, really crystal clear and really allowed us to set clear goals um, and really, you know, as things came up, 
that were maybe shiny that would have us go this way or that because it's a cool opportunity, we could easily say like, no, that, that doesn't make sense. It's not going to help us achieve our vision. That doesn't make sense. Not going to help us achieve it. And then, you know, things that come up that do do it, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we're clearly going down the right path. So I would say, yeah, a lot of my time just goes into thinking about how do we make our products better? How do we make new products that help us achieve our goals better? Um, how do we better serve, you know, our different segments of customers? Because we have users who take surveys, publishers who are giving their users the ability to do that, and then ultimately researchers who are footing the bills to, you know, get information for their clients and stuff. So um, a lot of different customer groups and stuff, and we really try to focus on every single one to make sure that we're giving the best experience and stuff there. But that said, you know, at Theorem Reach, Culturally, we have, uh, we look for people that are creative, accountable, analytical, and user focused. And so by finding the right people, it allows us to kind of be a little bit hands off where I can kind of say, hey, here's this product, you know, build this new survey tool or something. And, you know, they can come in and I, I could say, okay, you need to have a single question, single select question there. And they're like, okay, that's cool. And they'll make it. And then they would take a step back and be like, how can I make this better? Or like, what would a user want? You know, maybe the ability to bulk import the question so I don't have to like copy and paste every single answer over there that's gonna make a better user experience. So we really look for people that are, you know, just looking to make awesome things and really be in charge of them to say like, this is your baby, make it awesome. It, it is a bit of a, a laissez-faire thing, but I think by having the right people on your team, you can kind of do that. So we really believe in the speed of trust at Theorem Reach. You know, we don't want someone on board that, uh, you know, you can't trust that, oh, I'm going to get this done by Tuesday and you can just expect that it's going to be done by Tuesday. So that's really the, the kind of culture and, and people that we look for. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of my job is one, thinking about the high level and how do we, you know, reach the future and then two, you know, how do I find the right team? Because, you know, I, I don't think we could have done anything without our, our different team members and stuff. And I think some of the people that we were able to hire, we just got very lucky with. <laughs> and that's why Theorem Reach is where it is today. And I think mm. uh, hopefully we can continue to get great hires and continue to, to grow from there. Um, mm. So I think the CEO's role is really just building a great team and continuing to set the vision and communicate that clearly to folks. Well, that's very, that's very nice to hear. I mean, I've been talking to many entrepreneurs and every one of them talk about what, just, what you just said, you know, the importance <laughs> of having the right people, the importance of making your people great. But I have a question for you then. Um, I hear what you said, but then there's also the difficulty of making sure that they remain aligned with your goal. They remain engaged, you know, over the, over the long term. How do you do that concretely on a daily basis? I remember one time after uh, I read some book, I don't think it was Start With Why, um, but I just went out and I asked everyone um, on the team in Slack, I was like, you know, what are we trying to do? Or like, what's our vision? And the answers were all over the place. And maybe a few of them had like a couple flavors that were correct, but most of them were just like flat out wrong. I was like, 
oh man, I've done a terrible job of communicating. <laughs> I don't know if I've completely gotten better, but like I try to, uh, every time we have like a weekly team meeting, go over and like paint a picture where, you know, I was like, you know, I was just reflecting uh, earlier today on, you know, what could the world look like if every user had a voice? And so one thing I mentioned was there's about 220 million companies in the world. And at some level, all of those companies could use a better understanding of their customers so that they can make better products, better services, sell more. And so, you know, that's barely even scratching the surface of what it could look like. But, you know, imagine if every company never wasted time building a product that nobody wants and that nobody is going to use. How much more amazing could this world be? Uh, and so, you know, I just try to paint those different pictures to our team members to essentially try to share a bit of that vision and communicate what that could look like so that we're all working towards that same goal. Uh, because I think if we can actually achieve that, we can truly change the world in the way that people communicate and share information. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned that entrepreneurs' lives has a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. What were the main lessons that you have learned along the way? So I think one of them is to be conservative uh, and that cash is king and to conserve as much as possible. In my ideal world, I would have two years worth of runway just saved up in cash on hand at any given time and I would never touch it in the case that a COVID or, or something comes up. Fortunately, we aren't quite there with COVID coming in, but uh, you know, we have been preparing for this and we have been saving for this so that you know, even if all revenue goes away, we can continue to build great things and hopefully you know, by the end of everything, we'll have made something new and, and continue to stay alive. Uh, because I think that's one of the most important things is, you know, keeping the business alive. Another thing that I've realized is just how important it is to truly have a purpose or a mission um, that is something, you know, greater than you. Um, because it is very possible that over time, the way that you're doing business or what you're doing may not make sense anymore and you need to pivot completely or make some new product entirely that will help you achieve those visions. And, you know, you see visionaries doing that, you know, over time again and again, but uh, I don't think it's really clearly communicated to folks and it definitely wasn't to me when I started out my journey that like it's okay to pivot and do something completely different like when you start a company like the chances that what you have in your mind is how things are actually going to play out is pretty much zero percent um, i think we had i don't know six or seven pretty big pivots in, in theorem reach along the way and eventually we kind of straightened the shift and got back to where we were going but you know the stuff that we were doing to get from step a to b to c changed quite a bit in there and each one was just taking us further to you know achieving our goals and stuff and I think that's why it's so important to have that long-term picture of what can it look like um, because getting there is massive. I was wondering if you could uh, share a little bit about how to build cash, some practical tips. You know there's a, a fundamental shift of like you know when you're starting starting out like especially if you're full-time and reliant on stuff like it's it's a little bit challenging to build cash 
but you know, the first thing you have to do is establish that can build a profitable business. You can get customers out there. I think something that a lot of folks don't realize, especially if they're starting a company, um, and I've been reading a lot about uh, SaaS-based companies lately, software as a service, and uh, you know, you pretty much have to commit to at least 24 months of, of a go at it before you're, you know, usually in those first 12 months, you're building a product and maybe getting a couple customers on, but you're not going to have any sort of even showing of revenue until those like 24 months in. And so it, it takes a while, but once you finally have a system that is working, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, well, I need to raise money and I need to burn, burn, burn to, you know, get to the next step. But uh, you don't really need to do that. I mean, take a, a really hard look at like, what do you really need from like a new hire or something like that? Um, and maybe you do need those things, but I would challenge that, you know, can you do it good enough to get by or can you hire a, you know, part-time consultant or something like that to, you know, do it good enough to get by. So, you know, one example in Theorem Reach was, well, we didn't really have enough time or we weren't doing a great job of reaching out to app developers. And so we found this consultant for like $2,000 a month or something that would, he basically had a lot of automated tools for doing outreach and stuff. And suddenly he was getting like responses from companies that we've been trying to reach out to for like months and months with no nothing from them um, and he was getting responses from them, and I was like one well, wow wow he's doing a better job than we could too it's far cheaper than you know if we hired somebody externally mm. um, and you know eventually we did end up bringing someone on to help with those roles just because getting contact to actually closing the deal. There's a lot of work and stuff in there that we also weren't good at, but that's just kind of an example where you can save, you know, cash in there while still moving forward the business. That book I mentioned, Traction, uh, actually talks about quarterly goals uh, as well as yearly and, and three picture goals and stuff like that. And I think by having a really clear picture of where you want to be in the next quarter, one year, three years, you can really plan out like, what do you need to do? What are those tangible steps to get there? And by continually chipping away, doing everything day by day, you can continue to get to, through those things. And you can figure out very clearly like, oh, do I need to hire another engineer or something like that? Or, you know, can we shift some products or features or things around to really continue to do those things that we want to do without having to hire another head? Um, increase my burn rate and stuff because really what you need to do is you need to get into the black as quickly as you can and then stay there that allows you to you know store up that cash and stuff like that but um, it, it definitely can take time too I think you can also you know look at um, are there ways that you can you know decrease your aging AR and, and different things like that but Really, it's how do I, you know, boost the, the revenue as quickly as possible um, while in the black. And usually, you know, your expenses, largest expenses tend to be headcount and stuff like that. So I'd argue, you know, do you really need to have a huge team size to do, you know, really great things? And I would say oftentimes you don't. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting point. It is true that we tend to 
wants to, to, to reach perfection because we really love what we do. We're passionate about our business. And then this tendency for perfection just blocks us. We can't move forward. So you really have to learn to maybe be a little bit less perfect, but actually move forward, get things done, because you will have plenty of time to make it better later. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. It, it's almost a little bit of like a, a fake it till you make it reality. Um, <laughs> and it is hard to be like, this is what I'm delivering or like, this is what I'm doing. And people are actually happy with the service. And it's like, I would not be happy with the service. Yeah. I can't believe people are using it. And it's like, it definitely will, will rattle you a little bit. But you just, you know, you have to deal with the, the good enough for now. Uh, mentality to just keep moving forward. I think the other thing that uh, is pretty important, especially, you know, when you are a startup is, uh, you know, you have very limited resources. So figuring out how to fire bullets instead of cannonballs. Um, so before you're like all in committed to spending all your time and resources on something like just try a little thing to see like, is it going to work or not? And, you know, that could be as simple as having like 20 or 30 potential customer calls about a product that you're thinking about building before you spend time and resources building that product. And, you know, you talk about their top problems and whatever you're trying to solve. And if your, you know, product never comes up as a top problem, probably you shouldn't build it. But now you also have this information from those customers to see like, what is something that keeps coming up over and over? And can I help them solve that? Because that's going to be, actually valuable and actually something they'll be interested in you, you got to take those small steps and then you know maybe you figure out oh i was trying to solve x but i needed to solve y and then you come up with a way that you can maybe solve y and then you do it again you know you show a prototype product that looks like crap and you're like i can't believe i'm showing people this <laughs> maybe it solves there when they're like i need this you know i need it right now and you know, that shows you that you're on the right path so I think it's just about taking those small steps and doing those small things before you spend, you know, six months building that product for X that nobody needs, nobody wants. Totally agree. What's the big dream you have for your business? You know, again, it kind of comes back to how do we really empower everyone to have a voice? Too often, you know, even over here in, in the U.S., you know, we have a democracy, but I, I don't know how truly democratic it is um you know sometimes we see things that get passed despite a vast majority of americans not wanting those things you know an example of that was like net neutrality and so you know i think there's a number of things that get into that i'm not going to touch on politics today but you know what could it truly look like if i could better understand even all of my customers that would allow me to build better products um you know oftentimes when we're building a product you know, a question comes up and it's like, oh, that's a, that's a great question. I wish I could just like ask someone, you know, what that would look like right now and get immediate feedback. You know, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, you know. So if every user had a voice, you know, imagine even if I was a, you know, president or, or mayor or something like that, you know, suddenly being able to ask my constituents, like, how do you feel about this issue and actually voting based on, you know, how your constituents are feeling. 
um, we just empower them to actually feel like, oh, my voice matters. Um, this is useful and interesting. So I, I think it's just kind of creating a world where every user can have a voice. And I think it even goes a little bit beyond those types of things too. But you know, you have countries that have never had access to the internet before suddenly are being the ability to through you know mobile devices and mobile phones and stuff like that too. So I think giving them a voice, you know, even goes a little bit beyond just a voice to say things and stuff but suddenly they have access to information and data and ability to, to communicate that they've never had before which i think has so many cool opportunities for those do you give a lot of uh, suggestions on how to run a business today but if you had more and more recommendation to give what would it be i would say just get started you can sit around and you can think about things but nothing's ever going to change until you do something. And so, you know, just do something. And if you're like sitting around waiting, like I was for a technical co-founder, just teach yourself how to code. It's really not that hard. And it's actually pretty fun. After you get past that little hump of figuring out how to do correct, like punctuation and stuff, it's kind of like playing a video game. You know, you, you beat the next level and, oh, you know, now you get to figure out how to do the next thing. So, you know, pretty much just get started and talk to customers talk to potential customers like people like to have conversations and they like to have their problems solved so if you can do that that's going to be great but yeah i would say the biggest thing that i've seen and heard from people is they just kind of sit around and they don't really do it but you know just just do it it doesn't really matter if it's not a great job that you're doing but you're going to get past that first step and it's going to be that first little thing and then you just keep doing it and you do the next thing and you do the next thing. And before you know it, you're going to have uh, you know, a business. Mm. So stop moving, stop doing. Yeah. <laughs> How can people contact you? They can always reach out to me. I love talking to entrepreneurs. We'll happy to share my email address. It's just Tom at theoremreach.com. I love all things entrepreneurship. Great. Well, thank you very much, Tom, for your time. It was a pleasure having you on uh, interviews. Thank you all for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback about today's interview. So if you have any questions for my guest or myself, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, send an email to contact at lauranotan.com or reach out on LinkedIn. See you next time. Bye-bye.